0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Hey, y'all, 7 Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's purdy time in San Francisco. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the chapter president of the Desmond Ritter Fan Club. And with me, as always, is AJ. And here's to you, John Robinson. Mike Vrabel hates you more than you will know. Marchese.
0: That was beautiful singing, Rob.
1: I honestly forgot I wrote that, and then I had to really get into it. Uh, today, we're talking all the best and worst NFL rookies from week 13 of the NFL season. Let's hit
0: it. Seven. 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 One.
1: The home team,
0: let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And And that's a a song.
1: Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. The funk got out of West Lafayette. And Louisville hired
0: Purdue head coach Jeff Brom. Jeff's coming home. Jeff's coming home. Uh, You don't see an upgrade very often when, you know, your coach gets poached.
1: Yeah, I, I I find it hilarious. All Louisville fans are happy. Satterfield got taken by Cincinnati, and they ended up with the
0: their chosen son. Yeah, I think uh, old Jeffy's going to do great things for Louisville. He, he's he's going to take over the ACC. And anyone who
1: uh kind of dumps on on the loss of Satterfield and the hire of Brom for Louisville just because Ruben Owens. The five-star running back decommitted and committed to Texas A&M. Trust me, that was going to happen regardless of who was head coach.
0: <laughs> He'll be in the portal next year anyway.
1: So what's the difference? Yeah, amen, amen. Um, obviously, with uh, Jeff Brom leaving Purdue for Louisville, uh, Purdue has an opening. And I, I, I found the, the list very interesting. Um, sitting atop the list, Syracuse head coach Dino Babers. It's funky. It is funky. Who coached at Purdue in the '90s, I believe? Interesting. Uh, Toledo head coach Jason Candle. That one makes a lot more sense than the other Jason Candle ones. <laughs> Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Todd does deserve a chance. Uh, he uh, he turned Southern Miss around several years ago. And new Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. And I found this one really interesting because. If Sean Lewis was still the sitting head coach at Kent State, I feel like this would be a natural step for both Purdue and Sean Lewis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he took the reportedly took the the Colorado job. He did have a tweet kind of confirming that, but it hasn't been officially announced, and uh, no one knows if he's actually signed a contract. So I I just find that one really interesting, and I think that that would probably be the the hire I would most like.
0: I think. I think all all everyone on this list is kind of a, a, a step down from Brom though. How about you? I,
1: I I agree with that, but I mean it's not like Purdue Fire Brom, you know what no, I mean? Like no, they didn't. It, it was the situation played out that way. I think it, it's it's cool too if you look at it. Um they th- th- all four of these guys are offensive guys. They all um all run Kind of fun offenses. Dino yeah. Babers goes back to the Baylor tree. Obviously, Sean Luce was Dino Babers' offensive coordinator. Same offense. Um, Jason Candles run the best offense of the MAC the last couple of years. And in, in, in Todd Monk, and we all know he's done at Georgia. Uh, I think all of these kind of work for me. Uh, I don't think Purdue's ever going to be a consistent Big Ten no. championship game contender. Especially <laughs> if they get away from divisions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think... If you're Purdue, you, you want to have a fun offense because that's kind of what the history has had. Uh, going back to uh, Joe Tiller. Um, I, pst, excuse me. Going back to um, – um, what's his name? Who are you trying to pull? Uh, Danielson. Gary Danielson? Yeah. Gary Danielson. Yep. <laughs> oh, Gary, people forget he's a Purdue quarterback. Uh, but so I, I think you go offense – and you you just kind of, if you're a Purdue fan, 68 wins feels
0: good. Yeah, it, I, it does. But I don't know. I just feel like Brom had them like just on another. I don't know. I, I just. A, a step I'm above ju- that. Yeah, I'm just, just mourning the loss of, of Jeff Brom that, more than anything.
1: That's, that's why the only name here who I think really could elevate is Sean Lewis. Yeah. Just because what he did at Kent State is so hard. Yeah, it is. But and, we'll see what happens. Because I, I, I would, as a fan of college football, I think it'd be more fun if Sean Lewis stays at Colorado.
0: Probably, but I mean, if, if it hits, he's going to end up out with a head coaching gig soon rather than later anyways. Agreed, agreed. I just don't want it to be in the same division or conferences, my Buckeyes. Yeah, you're afraid. I know. I am too. Uh, hey, they beat – Purdue. Brom beat Ohio State. Yeah. That was Rondale,
1: but yeah. Uh, speaking of Mac, the greatest conference in the world, Western Michigan has hired Louisville offensive coordinator Lance Taylor. <laughs> Um, this one's interesting. I'm not going to just tie Lance Taylor to Louisville. Uh, obviously, he spent this past season there. But prior to that, he was Notre Dame's running back coach. He was with the Panthers for a bit. Uh, he was Stanford's running back coach when they had Christian McCaffrey embrace love. I think this is an interesting hire. It's interesting. It's just funny
0: that everyone's trying to poach Louisville coaches right now. It just...
1: I'm not tying him to that. This is. I know, I know. This
0: is uh, David Shaw,
1: Brian Kelly... Rex Ryan, he coached with the Jets, um, and, and hey, he was a GA for Nick Saban.
0: Wow, what a what a pedigree! This is a slam dunk home run. I,
1: I mean, it, it's better than other. I would way if I'm a Western Michigan fan, I'm feeling better about Lance Taylor than I am if I'm a Cincinnati fan with Satterfield.
0: <laughs> Satterfield seems like he's got good Mac vibes, though. Satterfield, yeah, yeah, but he's in the Big Twelve. Oh, I know, I know. He shouldn't be. I'm just saying, eventually, <laughs> down the road. His next step, good Mac lives.
1: Um. Hey, I mean, look at look at Sean Clark struggling at App State. So, yeah, maybe Satterfield got Oops. it right. Maybe he's a genius. Should <laughs> just go back. Uh, all right, couple declarations, some big ones. Um, Texas A&M running back Devon Ashane, Notre Dame tight end Michael Meyer, Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave, Old Dominion tight end uh Zach Kuntz, Auburn defensive lineman Colby Wooden, Mississippi State corner Emmanuel Forbes. That one was a while ago. I missed it. Texas A&M corner Jalen Jones and Indiana corner Taiwan Mullen.
0: Musgrave is going to be interesting given that he is a very impressive athlete
1: who was missed. It's a good missed. tight end
0: class. It is a good tight end class. And he's missed most of this year. And, and you know, Oregon State just pounds the rock. So he's going to be an interesting, you know, um, just his testing numbers and his evaluations gonna be fun. Yeah, played
1: only two games, but was off to a hot start and obviously was, like, the key weapon for Oregon State. Um, and a guy who was on the freaks list, you're right. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dig into him a little more. Yeah, uh, Zach Kuntz, uh, another interesting one. Um, former Penn State tight end, just massive frame. Yeah. Uh, he got hurt this year as well after having a, a great first year at Old Dominion last year. Um, and then, obviously, Michael Myers, like, I think Michael Meyer the only, the like I don't I wouldn't take him top 20 I don't think because of just the position and he isn't like Explosing. that rare rare yeah. guy but like Mike, Michael Meyer to me is one of the safest players in this class. He is going to come in and be your day one tight end and have pro bowl upside um but a, a, at minimum be a very solid like I don't know, Kyle Rudolph type play for his career.
0: Yeah, it feels kind of almost like, like TJ Hawkinson, where maybe he should have yeah. been in the top 10, but, you know, I I don't think the Vikings are regretting having him on the roster right now at all. He's playing great ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like
0: maybe Pat Fryermuth plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Frymuth's really come on recently for the Steelers. More on that in a bit. Uh, some senior bowl acceptances as well. I'll just run, there's not a ton, so I'll just run them all. Lots of tight end talk this week. Uh, first and
0: foremost, Nelly is going <laughs> to be performing Friday night. Jim Nagy landed Nelly. Woo, what a get. What a get for Nagy. This is the highlight of the entire Senior Bowl. Uh, last year he landed Portugal the man. This year it's Nelly. I, that's
1: two for two in my books. Jim Nagy knows music. Um, on the player side. No, well, actually, you know what? Nelly suited up at running back. Mm-hmm. For the Mean Machine Mm -hmm. in the remake of The Longest Yard. Yeah. But here we go. Alabama tight end Cam Latu, Miami tight end Will Mallory, Clemson tight end Davis Allen, Alabama defensive lineman DJ Dale, Tennessee edge rusher Byron Young, LSU DBJ Ward, and Alabama safety DeMarco Helms.
0: My big takeaway is I don't like having both Byron Youngs there. It's going to get confusing. There's a lot of tight ends. There's a lot of tight ends. Um, For how good this tight end class is, that group is slightly underwhelming. Mallory's always been interesting. Um, it's never kind of broke out for him. He, he could be a potential. He had a really good year for a
1: really bad team yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, he's going to be a potential riser there. Yeah. I think David Davis Allen's just a huge frame who blocks his ass off. He's just classic, like, late-day.
0: Cam Latu's the most interesting one there. Definitely, definitely. I I like Latu. I, I don't know. I think he's, like, he's pretty pretty well-rounded. I, I think he's just, like, a you know, mid-round type of dude. And is going to play for a while. It's a really good class. Like we just keep saying. Mm-hmm. And Demarco Hellams one of my one of my
1: favorite guys. Um, just kind of that workman tape Alabama safety yeah. probably goes around later than he should and ends up starting for ten years.
0: Everyone in the as a Senior role, is going to start for ten years. Well, that's how I feel. Yeah, Nelly could have started for
1: ten years if he got the chance. East-West Shrine Bowl acceptance is Texas. Defensive lineman Keondre Coburn, Wake Forest defensive lineman Kobe Turner, Pitt edge rusher Habuka Baladonado. LSU corner Makai Garner, Clemson corner Sheridan Jones, Arizona safety Sheridan or er, Arizona safety Christian Young, and Boston College safety
0: Jaden Woodby. Coburn's a good get here. I, I think he's really upped his game this year for Texas. Um, I think he could be a riser. I, I like I like Coburn man. Just that. They got all the the nose plugs that this yeah, uh, shine. Yeah, Galco knows what the league wants. So I'll give him that. Nagy knows what the fans want. Galco knows what the league wants. Um, yeah, I think Coburn could be um, like just a he's a plug, but showed that pass rush upside this year uh, in, in spurts, you know. So I think that's a big get. Kobe Turner's an interesting one too.
1: He was a dominant player in the FCS level for Richmond, uh, transferred to Wake Forest this year, and was on a a defense that. Kind of toasted a lot. He was he was one of the more productive guys, um, really athletic guy. I think I think he was a freaks list guy. I can't totally remember, um, but he he's an interesting one there as well. Um. Anyway, you want to get into guys who are already in the NFL? I guess so, Rob. Uh, you want to get into uh, a couple quarterbacks and a rookie quarterback? <laughs> no, row?
0: there's too many. There's too many this week. I'm gonna add another one next week, Rob.
1: Is there more than two this week?
0: Skylar Thompson gets some play. Skylar got some play. Malik got some play. Oh, those are your games. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, I
1: can't wait to hear you break those guys down and rock pretty
0: <laughs> between um, Malik and uh Schuyler, they had five attempts. Anyways, let's get to it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's as many as they should have. Uh
1: I of course had Kenny Pickett, who came up with another win for the Steelers, who are bound to get Mike Tullman to five hundred because he's never not five
0: hundred.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um in a win over the Falcons, Pickett goes 16 of 28, 197 yards with a touch, seven carries for 14 yards. Kenny Vick. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I, he's playing good football compared to what we saw earlier in the season. He's still not really the most exciting passer. He pushed the ball. Oh, I'll give him this. He attacked downfield a lot more this week than last week. Uh, was it last week you also got to see him? Was it the week before? All, I can't remember now. Like, I don't know. The, all the coach Saturday's blended games in. blended yeah, together. Yeah. Um,
0: At least he's in prime time every are. week, though. That's all I know. Um, this week, he, he pushed the ball downfield
1: uh, like 10-plus yards uh, a lot more. Um, two completions out of like seven attempts or so. Or ten attempts, I should say. So not great. Um the touchdown was to a pretty wide-open Connor Hayward, which was, was a cool moment. Uh, his dad, Craig Ironhead, obviously played for the Falcons. His, his brother's teammate, um, Cam, oh, really? if you didn't know, uh, from the Ohio State. <coughs> Great grab by rookie Connor Hayward. It was, it was. a good throw. I mean, it, it was a well-placed throw, uh, but he was pretty wide open. Other than that, he only had one other uh, completion um, down the sideline uh beyond 10 yards and it was a lot of just like kind of dink and dunk which we've seen he he's a competent starting quarterback if if you didn't take him in the first round it's just how I continue to feel it's again it's a lot like Mac Jones last year where he's not losing them games but I also don't think he can necessarily put the team on his back and win games over quality opponents um the running game was working a lot better the last two weeks Uh, Najee Harris had a great game. Um, The offensive line's protected him better. Uh, It's not like the Falcons have a vaunted defense. Um, And I don't know. I think Matt Cannon is calling a a game that better suits Kenny Pickett. Again, a lot of dink and dunk. Um, I just come away very just
0: not overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I'm just whelmed. (laughs) It's it's hard to justify in today's NFL drafting – you know that dink and dunk quarterback in the first round.
1: I've told you he's going to be Andy Dalton if everything around him is clicking, like, which is fine. But that's not a quarterback who can win you a Super Bowl. This is how I felt about Mac Jones last year, and we've seen it in year two with Mac. Yeah, like when everything else around him is at its best, he's going to win you football games. He's capable, I think, because he doesn't he doesn't make a lot of stupid decisions. I saw more tight window throws this week. He has he has a pretty good connection with Pat, Pat Fryermuth. Uh he's starting to utilize Deontay Johnson a little more. Now, um him and George Pickens, their connection didn't work out as it tends to this week. well on that in a bit. Um but yeah, I, I mean I just I know I'm also biased by the fact that I'm a Steelers fan. the future is tied to him. I I just have so many doubts about taking him in the first round, especially given what this the next two quarterback classes look like. Um next year is always better I I think just given the history of the Steelers the coaching staff the, the front office like Kenny Pickett's a guy who I think will be capable with everything around him of winning nine to eleven games every year and kind of getting the Steelers into the playoffs but I just don't see him ever going beyond that you know like you see Patrick Mahomes you see Josh Allen you see uh, Tua you see Justin Herbert like I, I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing Kenny Pickett leveling up that way.
0: Can I ask a question, if I may, Rob? Mm-hmm. What do you think the the like? I don't know which one you're going to prefer, but between rookie season Kenny Pickett and late career Ben Roethlisberger,
1: who was the who's the better oh he's so, he is so much better this year than Ben
0: Roethlisberger. The, the offense not, was unwatchable last not year. Not not last year, Ben. That's that's a whole level of stinky. But like, you know, two years ago, Ben, what would you take? Well, he's better than, or he's not as
1: good as two years ago, Ben. Okay, okay. Like last year, but, Ben was brutal. Like it's yeah, like two years ago, Ben still threw thirty mm-hmm. um, three touchdowns, threw thirty eight hundred yards. Like he couldn't move, but he still had the 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 arm before the elbow went, and yeah. like
0: I the mean, fake injuries caught up to him.
1: Yeah, they really did. La- like last year, Ben just couldn't move. It was such a Dink and dunk offense. Everything was over the gun. That's like it was so. It was, so, yeah. it was t- tough to watch and it deteriorated down the stretch too. Um. But at the same time, I just don't have faith in, like, five years from now when they have to pay Kenny Pickett, in in contracts for quarterbacks are forty million a year. Like, yeah, Aaron Judge money. It's 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 gonna be the same conundrum the Giants probably find themselves in with Daniel Jones, where it's like he's okay, he can run this offense, we can win football games with him. But he's not winning football games for us.
0: So do we pay him? I mean, I ask you this. How often has uh, the boldness to be better at quarterback not paid off? It feels like it pays off way more often than it doesn't. You know what I mean? No, I actually strongly disagree. <laughs> you like just playing it safe? Play it safe, baby. Laying those bunts down, to baseball records. The, the Bengals made the playoffs so many times with Andy Dalton. That's true. And then
1: in, the, in Joe Burrow's second year, they only made made it this well, They didn't even yeah, win it. They the couldn't Super Bowl.
0: even win it. No.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's good to see him progressing, but it's also still I I come away each week not seeing the flash plays that you see you saw from star quarterbacks as rookies, even the ones who who. I mentioned this last week. Like Even Justin Fields, who struggled like hell as a rookie in a horrible situation. Every once in a while, you'd see a flash play. You're not totally seeing that with Kenny Pickett.
0: Yeah. Um, you know who else you haven't seen it from as of yet, Rob? It was our actual b- quarterback, Malik Willis, who got in on the action again this week. And an absolute blowout for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, went two for four, 16 yards. Had a carry for eight yards. Was so sick. <laughs> There's really not much to talk about. It was a nice run, a zone read on a first, on a third down to get the first. Uh, the two incompletions were kind of like like he just threw it like behind Nick Westbrook akina it was like it was catchable but dropped. And then like way too hot and way off like like Robert Woods' hands on a third. It was just nothing, not much to talk about. Just he got in, so we had to mention him. Um, after that, after that, uh, I guess I guess Skyler Thompson's the next one drafted. So let's get him out of the way. Um, he got in late. They, uh, Tua was getting, uh, he got a little banged up, he was fine, but like, they just pulled him because the game was getting out of hand a bit, um, so Skyler Thompson time, baby, went over for one with interception, it was like probably the worst throw you'll ever see, right to Fred Warner for a pick, um, that's it, that's it from those two, uh, but now let's get to the, to the real start of the show, and the Skyler Thompson-Brock Purdy matchup, Purdy reign supreme, 25-37, um, 2 two touchdowns, a pick, um... The, the the discourse on Brock Purdy, I'm going to lay it down this way. That's a really good impress like performance from Mr. Irrelevant. Very good to come in against a, a playoff team. Uh, not, I mean, the defense is great, but not not to give the game away at all and uh, and close it up and bring it home for the Niners. But uh, I think he's getting a little overrated. <laughs> if that's even possible, I mean, the touchdowns. The one was just like a flat to use use check. Easy, nothing there. But, but he first made it. First touchdown a Mr. Relevance ever thrown. Yeah. Yep, he's the first Mr. Relevant to complete a pass, too. Um, had His other touchdown was just CMC wide open, it really on the goal line, really easy. But I will say the throw before that, really tight window in the red zone. Uh, hit CMC, it, 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 he had him. CMC had it. Good throw, he dropped it. Um, but I, I will give, Purdy was really poised. He was really poised he was getting outside the pocket making some throws um, he was doing what well. like you know I think he does well is like hitting between the the, um, the hash marks intermediate short well not really intermediate short it wasn't a lot of intermediate throws uh, i think maybe there was like two 10 plus yard throws um, but like some impressive ones like he had a nice throw like just lobbed one up to the tight end of the sideline um, had a had a pick but it was, like, not bad. It was on the fourth down. He just took a shot. Xavier Howard was all over it. But, like, it was better for field position. Win for Brock, I thought. Um, play of the game was probably, like, he just got absolutely lit up. Blitz came down the mouth, and he, he threw it perfect to Kittle. Uh, that was probably his most impressive um, impressive play. Um, I thought, like, the pocket... Like, he was poised, but the pocket press was a little, like, dinky at times. Like, he ran right into a sack. It was a little... Again, he's getting tossed in his mystery realm, and it, so it's, it's not what you don't expect. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like I just thought, like, you know, taking what's there, making some decent throws. Uh had some decent throws outside. Like, he had one on a roll where he where he hit a guy on a on a on a crosser uh was pretty decent. But like, I don't know. It feels like the media is just trying to jump on this story a little much.
1: I, I will say this. It it obviously you did this game, but it sounds to me like Brock Purdy was very prepared. Kyle Shanahan yeah. called a good game. Kyle Shanahan trusted him. I mean he threw it thirty seven times. Brock Purdy way outplayed his draft position in this one showing. We'll Correct. see what happens. Yep. We've seen Shani elevate lesser quarterbacks before. Nick he's, Mullins comes to C.J. mind. C.J. Beathard. He's done this. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's great for Brock Purdy. It's it's great for us to see, not a complete mess out of the Mister Relevant, uh, playing QB. Um, I mean, it, it's at minimum it's fun. And I will say this: he completed more passes beyond ten yards this week than Kenny Pickett did. How many did Pickett have? Two. I mean, did Brock have three? Four. Five. Yeah, I'll believe it. I five. don't know. They juiced in the stats over at Next Gen Stats. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Maybe, maybe I like they're all though. 11 yards. Yeah, go on. Sorry. His, tu- his, his one touchdown was a throw behind the line of scrimmage. His other was two yards downfield. Yeah, exactly. Um.
0: Kenny's, Kenny's was. 17 yards. Woo. But like I said, he did hit C M C right before the, the behind the line of scrimmage touchdown. Great tight window throw in the red zone. Which again, I think that's where Purdy was kind of thriving at Iowa State is between like I can definitely see Shani putting like he already did it, but like like he's right there in that Nick Mall CJ Bethford. I <laughs> think I
1: think the most annoying thing that's gonna come out of this, especially if like Brock Purdy plays competently down the stretch here. Um like assuming he doesn't truly elevate the team, but the the, the they, they are solid with him is the discourse in the off season around Purdue tree
0: lands. Yeah.
1: Like that's going to, that's going to kill me.
0: Yeah. I, I think like at best, if this all goes well for pretty, it means they don't have to pay Jimmy G to come back next year. I know they've already exactly. said, I know they've kind of already moved on, but they did that last year too. So just he's the, he's the insurance, which is really positive, but I mean, I'll throw it like this way. Has CJ Bethard or Nick Mullins done anything anywhere else outside of the Channing scheme? Uh, no. CJ Beathard's Brother Has a Country album. Uh, oh. There's something that might be wrong. Something no, like you're right. You got to be right. There's no way that's not right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh,
1: unless you want, want one
0: do 10 no more thanks. good minutes no, on thanks, Brock. Bro. No. Uh, let's
1: get to our rookies of the week where I'm going to go uh, with, with a repeat performer. The touchdown leader among rookies who has eight touchdowns in four games. Christian Watson. Goes for two tutties this week. Two against the Chicago Bears. Uh, they don't beat the Bears without Christian Watson. Three catches, 48 yards, a 14-yard touchdown. The other two catches were both first downs. One came late. And I'm sure you saw it, the 46-yard touchdown run where it was great. Sammy Watkins makes a, makes like the key block and just gets enough of the defensive back where Watson has maybe a half a step and Sammy Watkins instantly starts celebrating. Cause he knows Christian Watson's got those type of uh, boosters uh, in terms of speed. Uh, he also drew a defensive pass interference uh, prior to his 46 uh, year touchdown run that led to an AJ Dillon touchdown. So three big plays, three touchdowns for Christian Watson. Obviously one is not credited to him, but without that DPI, I'm not so certain the Packers score on that drive. Um, the, the evolution of Watson has been so fun, seeing him go from dropping the 75-yard touchdown pass week one, for like first play of the season, to the last four weeks being arguably the best and most exciting rookie in, in, in the NFL. Um, certainly one of the most impactful. Nine touchdowns on the season now, tied with Kenneth Walker among rookies. Um, his his speed and size are just such a freakish, freakish mismatch. Uh, it feels good to be right.
0: It does. It does. Christian Watson's awesome. I am glad it's working out. Um, it makes, again, I hate, if they give us any other quarterback other than Aaron Rodgers, Watson would have been benched for that whole season, like the whole season. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, this kid can't catch or some stupid bullshit, what they says. Anyways, I'm glad that it's working out now. And I still think it's like like they can get him more involved. He's the best player on their offense. He's the best player on the offense right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's great. I will argue with you, though, over your most exciting rookie over the last couple weeks. I'm going to one-up you with my office rookie of the week if you're ready to move on. Brock Purdy, fuck. Brock Purdy doubled? No. Garrett Wilson, baby. Garrett goddamn Wilson. He's got a real quarterback in white Mike. He's actually good. (laughs) He's good. Uh, And now he's got eight catches, 162 yards in this game. No touchdowns. Don't care. 15 targets. 15 targets. He's getting fed, baby. Wasn't drops. Doesn't matter. He just getting fed. fed. Um, the only, like, I guess it was, like, I'm not even going to say it's a drop, but, like, later in the game, Mike White had him deep. He toasted. PP, Patrick Peterson. And just, like, it was just, just too far. We went off the t- oh, fingertips of Garrett Wilson. That could have been a 200-yard game if he reels that one in. Um, but just, just a great performance. Had another play where, like, just he's been so good after the catch lately. And. That's what he was at Ohio State. It like was. Olave
1: was the the chain yeah. mover, and Garrett Wilson was the big play provider. He rare explosiveness in the open field. I know he's slender, but I feel like that that caught him some flack for. Especially, people were worried about his ability to beat press um, in the NFL. But yeah. like his release repertoire is shorter, quickness. That's all translated to him yeah. being able to do everything.
0: He is a game breaker. Yeah, and and sorry to, to jump points with to follow you here, his release. And his lower body, just agility and his fluidness, was way too much for Caleb Evans. <laughs> he just, he had a couple where he just, just came off the line and just cooked him. And he's throwing that jab step and just ruining dudes. I mean, I love it. And then yeah, you see that after the catch too. Like he had one in traffic again. Like like uh, I think it was last week in traffic. You know, I, I thought he was gone because like every time he casts that space, you think he's gone. And he's making so many guys miss. And and he finally does get caught. He just barely stepped out of bounds, or else it would have been a touchdown. Just just half the half of step, um, oh man. He's he's been so damn good, and again, every time he does these performances, like oh yeah, Zach Wilson stinks. But like it, again, you yeah, know, fifteen ta- uh, targets, eight catches. But like he's doing the little stuff well too. I find like he's moving, he's moving chains. He's he's pulling down balls in contact. It's not just like Christian Watson. No 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 shame at all. He's explosive king right now. Um, but you know, Watson's not doing the the little stuff as much as Garrett Wilson is right now. Gary Wilson is doing He's He's a wide receiver one for this team. Even Elijah Moore is starting to wake back up a little bit, get involved. I love it. Uh, Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. I, I just want to say it's because he's a Buckeye. Of course, of course. And uh, Mike White's a hilltopper, wasn't he? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, he certainly was. <laughs> I liked Mike White coming out. I'm getting, I'm calling out a hand for myself now.
1: Yeah, do do it. Do it. Well I think you liked all the Western Kentucky quarterbacks, I, Bailey Zappi, I, Brandon Dowry. Yeah, uh, you're gonna <laughs> we'll swear to
0: God about him. Yeah. You're gonna love
1: Austin Reed even though he's transferring, or maybe you'll hate him because of that. I'm not oh sure. I'm, J.T. I'm... Daniels should transfer to Western Kentucky. Oh,
0: that's a good one.
1: I like Thank that you. One. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah,
1: right now the top two uh rookies in terms of combined first down catches and touchdown catches are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. So
0: I thought you were going to flex on that a little yeah. bit more. Uh,
1: uh, no, no. I just, I'm mean, going to use that as Chris Olave's teammates, actually, my defensive rookie of the week, um, who we saw play in, in a, a shocking loss on, uh, what was that there? A Monday, night, Monday football. night Football. Alante uh, Taylor, my boy. Um, Tom Brady tried to go after him. Tom Brady targeted Alonte Taylor 13 times. Alante <laughs> Taylor gave up eight catches. Fairly significant amount. But for just fifty-four yards, uh, he had the great pass breakup. He he got that huge TFL on Leonard yeah. Fournette where he just stuck him. Uh and and, and when targeted, just gave up a 70.7 QB rating. You take that all day. Six point yards, eight yards per completion. I just think he has been such a awesome player uh since he, he he's entered the lineup. Without Marshawn Lattimore, too, he's really stepped it up. Um such a feisty man cover corner, so patient. Uh, so good at mirroring. Uh, the PBU came on that deep shot to Scotty Miller. Where yeah, Scotty Miller had a bit of a step. Scotty Miller can fly. He's got that that old Bowling Green uh, speed. Um, but Elante Taylor did a great job sticking with it, getting his head around, uh, disrupting the catch point. Uh, I've loved Elante Taylor since he he kind of started playing significantly what, like six weeks ago. Now he's been probably my favorite defensive rookie to watch. I it's just the combo of the feistiness and just the the ability to take on different types of receivers and man coverage assignments—he's
0: got that dog in him. That was a hell of a yeah, performance. he does. He really does. And that's what you want in, in your corners, you know. And oh yeah, he was, that was such just a, a gritty, gritty baller performance. I, I loved it too. I I did have to give it to. Uh, I I I put him like you know I had to give him a shout, but I knew you're gonna have him here because he's your guy. Um, But my guy, Tariq Wooland is my uh, defensive rookie of the week again. uh, Was actually really, really solid tackling. Seven tackles this week, Uh, uh, two PBUs and a pick. Uh, The the one PBU was ridiculous. Like he's getting to that point now where he's like just feeling himself, man. It's like he was just like if if a guy's on, you know, it's a backside. He kind of just eases up. Interception, he did it too, Um, and like just just can kind of like use that speed to make up so much ground nearly pulled in like a, a ridiculous interception, but it was like full extension, just, just a great PBU, but like a deep downfield. And, and if he brought that in, it would have been a hell of a play, but just seeing that, that explosiveness is ridiculous. And then the, the interception just didn't, didn't bite on the action at all and just sat on the throwback and it was easy. It was easy. And he, he's just been making the season look so easy. He really hasn't had that. Like, like so many corners in, in this class have had really high end performances, and then really, really low-end performances. And then there's some guys that are just getting cooked And then there's the, been the, the two greats. Yeah. And, I, I, I like, I didn't put – like, I put sauce for Flash. I just – I felt like I had to talk about him. I'll get there later. But Woolen put in a great performance this week. I know it was the Rams and, you know, John Wolford. But he's been unreal. For better or for worse, this corner class has been just so fun. It like, has, the, yeah. the combo of
1: the Stars, the Woolens, the Sauces, all onto Taylor as of late. But also the guys who are just getting their asses cooked constantly. Like that makes it fun too. It does. It definitely it gives us content,
0: which is all yeah. We, need. we love.
1: We're just a content creating machine over here at Seven <laughs> Rounds in Heaven. It's just names and lists. That's what we we'll so, do. I guess my question to you right now. Obviously, in most years, I think Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen would be the clear defensive rookies of the year, but they're the same class, so. Right now, for you, who who would you give the nod to? I obviously you do the Seahawks games every week, so I, I feel like I don't have an informed enough opinion to say.
0: Uh, despite my feelings about Sauce being one of the best corners in the NFL already, I think Sauce is playing better right now. Um, I, uh, so I I lean Sauce, but I mean, with with you know some some I'm not going to call it. I don't know any names, but sometimes uh, NFL writers are a little bit statistic heavy. Mm-hmm. so the interception numbers for woolen has got him right in this not 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 obviously the play does too but it's got him a good chance still though to pull in that award I think I agree I agree I think the interceptions are it could be especially I don't know if you saw the pro Bowl voting yep yep Sauce wasn't happy with those jets fans just no 12th man's not. different 12th man's different Rob um
1: i I will uh say who if we, right now just while we're on the topic, is your offensive rookie of the week or of the year uh, it's, would it be Kenneth Walker with the touchdowns would it be would it be Garrett Wilson with the,
0: the production I, would it be Chris Olave who's maybe had the most complete rookie year it's one of those three or Damian Pierce i guess but i don't know i i, I think i lean with Garrett Wilson slightly I, i'm i'm a jet i'm a jet for life you know that i do know that i do know how about you though. okay how about you I think right now – really, it's
1: it's it's so up in the air that the next couple of weeks are really going to decide mm-hmm. it. I think right now I would give it to Chris Olave for the most complete season. But, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, if Christian Watson finishes with, like, 14 touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think he's been the most exciting, like I said, rookie the last couple of weeks. So, it, I don't know. It's going to be a really, really fun race for both.
0: Walker, Walker hurt, hurt his ankle in this game too, and um... – I'm not sure. You know, Pete Carroll's the worst with um, with injuries. So who knows when he's going to be? It could be this week. It could be uh, it could be career-ending. You do not know with Pete Carroll. Um, so that that's going to hurt him down the stretch, though. Either way, I don't think he's going to be fully healthy down the stretch. Yeah, that sucks. It does. It does really suck.
1: You know what sucks? AJ being the worst
0: rookie. <laughs> it does. And I
1: mentioned I mentioned corner play earlier, good yeah. and bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to that well where I, I'm going with Fayetteville State's uh, Joshua Williams, who I loved in the process, the Chiefs rookie corner. He had a tough game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow picked on him. Uh, he gave up six for 99 in a touchdown, plus uh, was called an illegal use of hands that got declined. Both uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were, were kind of getting the best of them. Um, just it's such a long, physical, and athletic corner, but it's just... Seeing the technique come along with it, seeing him not be overly physical, because at times it leads to whiffs and kind of missteps. He he he's also aggressive. He bites on stuff, and and I just think we saw that a lot. And I, I think that the Chiefs' corners are going to be an issue. Um, yeah, because they're all so freaking young.
0: They are. They are. And yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. Like, obviously, the offense is going to keep them in any game, but at some point, it's. It, I mean, it, it caught up with them this week, but some point, that's going to hurt him. It's, it just always does, especially at that position, it, you know. It's, it's worth noting, Trent McDuffie's playing some pretty good football. Yes, is. Uh, I, I don't think i put him anywhere, but he, he he played solid. He did. And and I had two rookie corners vying for this spot as well. But in the spirit of, of the conversation, I'm going to go with the other uh, huge, super athletic, small school corner that isn't catching on like <laughs> Treacle. And I'm going with Zion McCollum, who, who also sticking with the theme. Struggled with uh, Chris Olave, I thought, mightily on Monday night. Uh, the stats weren't bad. Like, like he gave up five catches on five targets for 60 yards. Not good. But not, like, embarrassingly bad. But I just, like, I just, I think he just, like, just struggling. He just didn't look like, like, really, like, he's not-ready-to-play candidate. Just, like, didn't look like he's, like, <sighs> comparing him to Tariq Woolen who were very close to my big board, I will admit, they were not far off. I had woolen above, but... You know, making that huge leap from—I know UTSA is a big step up, but you know that huge leap from non-G5 football to the NFL. Woolens done it seamlessly, and Zion's been—you know—worked in a little bit slower. I don't yeah. know. It just just feels like he is not uh, not picking it up. Like, uh, just like you know, I had that one where he got picked. Tough play, but just. Yeah, you know, I put
1: I put him for not ready to play.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which I think is more apropos, but. Yeah, I, and then you know I had the, had the, like a couple just chamberers just so out of place. I thought that was a, that was a big word. Well, apropos? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> is, it, is that is you're that really ap- bringing it today? I, think, I said I was going to mail episodes. it in, but it's, it's a great app. Yeah. Anyways, go. You, you talk about it, on. Uh, no, I I think you're right, ready. It's just
1: in an ideal situation, a raw athletic corner like that. Wouldn't be thrown into the fire, but the Bucks have been so injured, yeah. right? Like, I because th- he does have the makeup. It, like he it was a fifth round pick, he shouldn't be playing. Like that's no. a developmental player. Yeah, and um, it just hasn't worked out that way.
0: Yeah, he's definitely more deserving for not ready to play. It's just I didn't have anyone too brutal, so he gets. And my other guy who was maybe worse is just is a bigger name, so I had to put him somewhere else. Um, sticking with the corners, uh, going to Primetime star,
1: drawn bland baby. I went with so the combo of Duran Bland, who has had some tough weeks, yeah, but by far his best performance came against the Colts. But still, those two interceptions gave up just four for twenty-five. Looked
0: great filling in at nickel. A bunch of tackles. I thought just like he was just playing strong, like like kind of like Alante Taylor, but not to the same extent. Just playing strong, like solid ball, and like just not outmatched out there. The picks were great. Like he just stole it from uh, Ashton in, and. Yeah, what give up a couple catches, but like not not much at all.
1: Yeah, so I put him,
0: and that, that second interception was such an athletic play.
1: Yeah. Uh I put him in. I had to put Marcus Jones, who obviously had, had the Patriots big uh touchdown, where yeah. he's doing doing his best Evan Hester impression. Um and he was playing both ways. He played forty five percent of the defensive snaps. He only got targeted once, he came early, he broke it up um it's just i thought so fun to get to see a little bit of him on offense finished with two grabs for 51 yards and obviously the big touchdown the yak play um i i really enjoyed that that made that that game much more it, watchable it did i know it didn't end up meaning anything but yeah
0: i put him for out of nowhere i know marcus jones isn't out of nowhere but just i love it that out to nowhere to chance. see that yeah first then, snap that came in. it's the first time they did it all year too like it, like not just like you know threw it to him it's the first offensive snap all year and like just that quick little hitter off the RPO, whatever it was, and he just burned him. He just burned him, and that's, I I hope this isn't just like a big game Belichick, a bell trick, if you will. I hope this one stays in the stays in the in the playbook. Well, it's, it's 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 worth noting, like he did this at Houston, like they yeah. both, yeah, ways
1: yep, because he's such an athletic freak.
0: Um, he's probably I a better also, receiver than Taekwondo Thornton. Sorry, Taekwondo I, 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 I feel that way.
1: Um, I also threw down uh, Rashad White. Obviously yeah. not like the most productive game, but he had the game-winning touchdown. He made a nice play in space. Uh, and, I mean, it's pretty cool to be a rookie who hauls in the game-winning touchdown from Tom Brady on it, Monday Night Football. And it was the latest latest comeback of Brady's career, I believe.
0: I think, it was, yeah, it was, it was a little up and down. I didn't – like I was kind of ready for him to go into a negative spot, but then he came up clutch with that touchdown. Because he, he had that fumble. He had that really big uh, missed um, – missed uh, – up, blitz us pick up that really caused yeah. him. He's just just head down on a swivel, like really. but yeah, no, he came back in the scored the game when touchdown. so you gotta give him big ups for that.
1: yeah, uh, so I, I worth mentioning for sure um going to underwhelming performance, I alluded to this earlier. Um, George Pickens
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was not seeing any targets early in this game against the Falcons. Uh, he was getting very upset on the sideline. They finally, I feel like, uh, and Pickens has mentioned this before. He said when he wouldn't get when he wasn't getting going at uh at Georgia, they'd like scheme him a screen or just like a short pass, get him a catch, get him going. So the Steelers did that. They they had this like QB rollout, just hit him for two yards, whatever. Um, after that, just one more target, and there was really nothing going on. It it sucked because part of it isn't like it. Obviously, you don't want to see him blowing up on the sideline when they're winning a game. Uh, but I can understand the frustration. When he is getting NFL level open downfield and not getting these 50 50 ball chances that he's so, so magnificent at. So I can understand it, but it was just un- underwhelming to see both on his part, like not making a big impact and the Steelers not trying to, yeah. to get him more touches. Like it was a two way thing. Like he, I mean, he's still been one of the five, six best rookie wide receivers, but yeah, this,
0: it just kind of sucked. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, my underwhelming performance is a duo performance. And it's it's very, very hard to live up to expectations when you're the first and second overall picks. Um, but my, my underwhelming performance is Trevon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, who, again, I feel like all year you could say this, they were not bad. They were not bad. But this is late enough in the year. This is like, you know, this is a, a premier matchup. Jags, Lions, Sunday afternoon. But, you know, the marquee of one versus two. It, it wasn't bad but it was just so underwhelming I, I i did think trevon walker was better had five tackles had a tfl but like he, there was a couple of pressures where like you know they looped him inside easy the, the middle opened up he got to goff but like got a hand and, and flushed him and like kind of slipped and really should have been a finish uh another one where he just untouched got a rep on goff didn't finish and goff is not uh, like goff is doing a hell of a job he played a great game He's not this uh, you know, escape artist master. <laughs> Walker's got to finish those. And for Hutchinson, it it's just like like he had half a sack, but it was just him untouched and, and you know, get, got in one it was not anything to get excited about. Um had had a couple pressures. Didn't think it was a great one in the run either. Walker was up and down in the run. I think Walker was clearly better, but I don't know. And like his pass rush win win, win rate was better for Walker too. But I don't know, man. We're late you know, it's it's December. And you know Hutchinson has had like a you know the flashy plays and Walker's playing in Jackson. It's always hard to steal the headlines, but I don't know. Just like this late, you know, against these teams that I don't know, you could show up against. Just, just yeah, it just wasn't exciting. It Just was underwhelming. Um, yeah,
1: it's kind of been that way this whole time. Also, I'll mention for flashes later. Kavon Thibodeau had another nice game. Yeah, yeah, best rookie pass for sure.
0: Yep, he's out playing the big time right now. Um, looking like a hit
1: for me. I went with uh, old James Cook yeah. on Thursday Night Football. He kind of had his he's, – he's really kind of found his rhythm. It wasn't a, a super flashy game, but he finished with over 100 yards from scrimmage, played just 43% of the snaps. You saw those explosive runs that mm-hmm. I, I think the Bills' offense lacked the last uh, the last two years. Yep. Um, and, and he was a productive pass catcher
0: of the backfield. This is exactly what James Cook was drafted to do. Definitely. He – I put him for flash. He looked really good. I, I think this has just got to keep continuing down the stretch. He's a couple games now. He's stacking together too. It's not just like one off and then it's back to motor. You know, being the, being the dude or anything or Hines getting all the receiving you know receiving yardage or anything like that. Um, I think it's going to build. I think it's going to be important for the stretch run. Who you got? Uh, who? Of course, who I got? Rob, come on! It's got to be N'Kobe Dean. Fifteen snaps on defense. He had five tackles, and one of which was the TFL. He was all over the field on 15 snaps. Uh, he had, had a nice tackle on Derrick Henry. You know, stack and shed the guard just got on him low, uh, you know, kind of like in a pile, but still really good play. Had another one where just, like, read it, read it so beautifully. The instincts were so great. Reacted, shot outside to make a short tackle on, like, a little, like, Little flat, but maybe it was like a half design screen. It was a weird one. It was just flashing that huge range, you know, like making that step before the ball was out of the hand. Uh, gave up a catch to Chig, but like it was just a quick out and he wasn't good coverage and flashed closing speed. Uh, and then he had a TFL, just shot the gap. Like uh, he read it so perfectly, or unless they had a blitz on, but they just read it so perfectly, knifed in, uh, finished, and like he, he didn't look too small. He looked just as fast as he did at Georgia. His instincts looked as good as it did in, as they did in Georgia. Flash all that range, man, and it's it's such a great game. And it's kind of a shame that he's on a team that he's barely barely been played, right? Like it's just he's going to be a stud. He's going to be a stud. I think everything is there. Everything is there that we thought was there. He should never have slid because of the because of like a nothing injury thing. Um, it's all there. I just wish he was like on a team that's on a bad defense that you could play, you know, 50 snaps a game, but he's not. He's on the Eagles who might win the Super Bowl. But long-term, long-term, this might be best for his career because eventually he's going to come in and be, I think, a Pro Bowl-level guy at least. Look like it. Look,
1: Looking like a miss for me is I'll stay in the NFC East. I'll go with Brian Robinson, who I was just too low on. Uh, the last two weeks he's been – the engine for the commander's offense. It's basically Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson making fun <laughs> plays in the past game, Brandon Robinson carrying the rock. Um He looks a lot more, and this makes sense, obviously giving you a shot in August. He looks a lot more explosive over the last couple weeks. He's not just bowling over people and running, he's trying to run over everyone. He's making these shifty moves, pressing the line, exploding uh, out of his cuts and, and picking up seven, picking up eight. Like it's just chunk run after chunk run. Finished with 111 yards from scrimmage, 96 on the ground against the Giants. And it was great. And I, I was too low on him. He, yeah. he, he looks like a very good starting running back right
0: now. Yeah, and I don't think either of us expected that from Brian Robinson.
1: Yep.
0: And then, like you said, he got shot a couple months ago. Like, that's fucking nuts. And, no, that, that's really, really promising. Um, my looks like a miss is, like, not a not a big one for me. He went 80th. I had him 82nd. But he wasn't my tight end one, and he should have been. And that's Greg Dalsich who is the best player on the Denver Broncos offense right now. He is the wide receiver one. He is really, really good at six catches for 85 yards. Uh, looking good, like very complete, I thought, in, in the passing game. Contested catches are there. Uh, the route running is crisp. That snap at the top of the route is there. Um, the hands are clean. And like and then he had one where he got open deep uh, for like, I don't know, 35, 40 yards. Um, and like, you know, just, just on like a, a – a, you know, like a post. We just cleared it all out. He was wide open. Russ hocked uh, it up and trusted him. Dalsich looks like uh, I know. I know, like we were both fans of his, but Dalage looks legit, legit. And it's just say I know the Broncos are a disaster, but it's so impressive to see a rookie tight end who's coming. You know, was hurt to start the season, coming. I think he's their best offensive player. And I don't know if there's much of a debate.
1: Uh, he's tied for first with Kate Otten for the most uh, first down slash touchdown catches this year.
0: Who's also been downs. great. Again, it keeps coming back. This tight end group has
1: been really good. Uh, for my needs to step it up, I went with Jamari Saylor, uh, the Chargers sixth round, left tackle, or was it fifth round, fifth round, sixth round, uh Georgia, who obviously had to step for Sean Slayer this year and, and did a really admirable job, but he's he struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh Chandler Jones just housed him. Yeah. Um Um Chandler Jones picked up three first half sacks against him and was just bullying him. Um, it was it was tough. Like he just didn't have the the lateral agility to kind of keep up with Chandler Jones' speed, and, and uh, he just looked pretty messy in that one.
0: My, I'll give you two. One quick, but first, uh, my my needs to step it up. This is my other potential uh, worst rookie of the week, and that's Roger McCreary, who you know was at the hands of the AJ Brown revenge game, but it was the Devonte Smith <laughs> game that really got him. Five targets against him, five catches, sixty-five yards, and a touchdown. Where, whew, Devontae just cooked him on a post, just absolutely cooked him, rinsed him, it, lots of separation. It was it was easy money. Uh, it, Quez Watkins was working him out of the nickel on a crossing route. It was just it's just it's just a struggle for Roger McCreary, who is one of those guys I mentioned has had had really good moments, but it's been stumbling as of late. And and just quickly, Charles Cross has not had that. Like, yeah, this is. You know, a stud left tackle moment. Uh, he was getting toasted by some guy from Oakville, Rob Michael Hoyt. born yeah. born in Oakville. So I could probably block him. Oakville Ontario. Rob could block him. Rob probably put him in the dirt when he's playing for the whatever Oakville's teams got there. Yeah. So I don't know. He gave up a sack against him. It wasn't like a terrible performance, but just when that happens, I had to I had to mention it somewhere. <laughs> um, for my not ready to play, I mentioned Zion McCallum
1: earlier, but I'll give you another Zion. Uh, Zion Gilbert, who the Giants, the undrafted rookie out of FAU, the Giants played uh, 66% of the snaps, gave up five catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown to Jahan Dotson, which was a revenge because prior to that play, the Commanders ran a screen to Dotson and Gilbert got downhill in and hurry and lit up Dotson. Like two plays later, Dotson just
0: cooked him, cooked I'm- him. I think Brian Dable's got to be our favorite coach because he finds these random rookies and plays them heavy. (laughs) He plays so many
1: rookies. Them and uh, there's another team who's just playing weird rookies. I can't even remember who. Oh, the Bears are playing a lot of rookies. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, no. Jack Sanborn's not weird. He's a stud. No, no,
1: no. I I got a different rookie safety and corner who started for them this week. Love it. with
0: Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon out, the Bears started a different rookie corner oh, in safety. I, I can't wait for there, for that. Um, okay, I'm going to give you two both corners again. Um, so this is one I just wanted to bring up. Kyler Elam was a healthy scratch, A healthy scratch for the Bills Thursday Night Football. He's had his ups, another guy ups and downs. Trey White was, is back now, but this just seems super out of nowhere, and it's just really not a good sign when a first round rookie is getting healthy scratch ever. Um, They apparently asked McDermott what what was up, and basically it was just like, yeah, we like what we got in Xavier Rhodes. (laughs) It's a good take. Come on. Anyways, so I I had to bring that up. Like, what's going on there? I think that's more just on the F, but it's not a good sign. And just quickly, I already mentioned, McAlep Evans, maybe unfair, but he gave up a lot of yardage. 141 yards on six uh, Six catches.
1: That might be the most among
0: rookie corners. Yeah, this year. yeah. But he didn't deserve like a worst or anything on our targets, I should say, did drop a ninety. Would have been a great play, but dropped it and had a really nice PPU too. So he was making a couple of plays out there. But yeah, that's a that's a lot of yardage to give up, and it's it's a lot of Garrett Wilson who's a stud. So, all right, I'm gonna fly
1: through the rest of the show because we
0: got we got some Baker Mayfield and the Rams to watch.
1: Um, yeah. My best day three rookies: Daniel Bellinger. Caught all five of his targets, just 24 yards, but did a really good job in the run game. i like to see him coming back from injury, too. Isaiah Pacheco, just love love seeing it. Like, the, the Chiefs could run on the Bengals. They just kind of needed to throw and couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacheco looked good, had uh, 66 on the ground. And Bears safety Elijah Hicks, he gave up a touchdown to Christian Watson, 14-yard touchdown.
0: But other than that, I thought a pretty solid game against the Packers. I'll give you two quick ones. Chigger Conquo is really emerging for the Titans. Four catch, 68 yards. Every week he's making a flashy play. I can't wait until they get him involved heavily because he's, he's he's got that explosive stuff to him. You know what else does? Uh, someone who's come on late here, James Houston for the Lions, had another sack, and it was a nasty, nasty move. Like It was like a – he threw like a little hopping hesitation and then just like this quick dip and just ducked onto the left tackle and got Lawrence low. It was sick. Um, best UDFA rookies I got a
1: laundry list here Brendan Schooler My special teams king yeah, Huge yeah. special teams tackle Against the Bills On Thursday Night Football yeah. Cameron Dicker The kicker He's just The Chargers kicker now He made two of his Three field goals And it was nothing special But it's just happy to see him uh, Malik Davis had a touchdown no. On uh, Was that Sunday Night Football Davis doesn't look good uh, Every
0: time he's gotten the ball
1: Rashid Jaheed is that dude for the Saints. Stud. 75 yards on four catches, plus a 30-yard kick return, plus a 42-yard punt return, plus a 17-yard punt return against the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Uh, Jack Sanborn, 11 tackles, including a TFL, where he freaking flew to the sideline to make it. And Bears undrafted rookie Josh Blackwell, who who allowed five catches, but just 48 yards, and was like shockingly, like he wasn't the one giving up a lot to Christian Watson.
0: I that's great. I, I remember I, I said Rashid Shaheed should be like start the rug, and I loved it. They're getting him involved. He's good. He's just good. Um, my other one, I had him, and but also Bam Knight, baby. He is putting the games together. Ninety yards on fifteen carries, five catches for twenty eight. Solid there too. Just just good hands. He's he's explosive. He's explosive. He's he's sticking around, even with Brees Hall back. Uh, Michael Carter is you know banged up, but I don't know. Hasn't been that good this year. Bam Knight's sticking around.
1: Um, rookies who flashed. Drake London had a great game against the Steelers. Didn't really have an opportunity to mention him, but uh if he had a better quarterback, he he would be he would have went for over hundred. He had ninety-five on six grabs. Um, he had this great play down the sideline where he worked through some illegal contact and a better ball. It might have been like a huge huge play. It ended up being like twenty yards. Um, Chris Olave. I know he had that drop, mm-hmm. but he he is the Saints like only playmaker outside of Rashid Shaheed. Yeah. So. And, and just his ability to to kind of um, operate on all levels. Uh, Jahan Dotson, I mentioned he had a touchdown against the Giants. It was a sweet, like, he's coming across the field, just kind of stuttered on it or slow played his route and broke uh, Zion Gilbert's touchdown, or tackle and, and went for six. Um, Alec Pierce had a good game against the yeah, Cowboys. He did. he did. It's nice to see uh, that coming back, The downfield stuff. Evan Neal played well against the Commanders. It love was that. his first game back. I love that. And he yes. played quite well, especially in the run game. I thought he made a difference there. Good. Uh, same team, Kayvon Thibodeau. Three pressures in the TFL against the Commanders uh, and a sack. Um, he's just the most complete rookie pass rusher by far. Um, Jalen Petrie made almost every tackle for yeah. the Texans and picked off the nasty man in the end zone. Um, Damian Pierce also, like, just 73 yards uh, on the ground, but it felt like every carry is breaking a tackle. Um,
0: and Zach Tom. Uh, started at left tackle against the Bears and looked good for the Packers. The times he's had to do that, he's looked good. Um, I'll, I'll keep mine shorter here. Trill and Burks had one catch, but it was a touchdown and he got hit high on. Uh, but it was, what a, what a job to, to hold on to that ball, showing like, what he can do with uh, explosive downfield. Uh, I hope he comes back healthy and keeps on showing that up. I had to mention Sauce Gardner somewhere, because that big old matchup against Justin Jefferson, it wasn't a lot of Justin Jefferson, it was a lot of DJ Reed for, for Justin Jefferson, but... They had a couple good batch, matchups. He had a, he held him one time. Uh, JJ kind of got him another. It was really good coverage. It Was a tough play. But just he, he brought it in. Um, one play I kind of wanted to highlight is on, on the Alexander Madison touchdown. Just I thought he I don't know like he just looked weird in, in run defense. He it was kind of his his tackle to make it. I don't know if it was just bad contain or bad effort or bad eyes. I don't know. Um, hit, had a had a nice hit on Cousins. Overall, not a bad game, not a great performance. I was ready for, like, you know, like, just the star-studded matchup, but solid game all around. I uh, had a couple guys we already mentioned here. I had, to, I had to get this name out. Our guy, Brandon Covey, two really nice punt returns. <laughs> He's turning into a good punt returner for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he'll score in the Super Bowl. Uh, take, take that to the house. Um, I, thought, I thought a guy, Sam Williams, looked really, really good against for the Cowboys. Just throw that out there. And another low-key one. Uh, jordan mason got like eight carries did a lot with him 51 yards uh there's you know that weird hype early in the season with him and i think he i think they do have you know he he fits that and he works and he's a pretty good back
1: um for out of nowhere rookie i had to go with i mentioned it earlier connor hayward out of nowhere catches 17 yard td uh against his father's former team um obviously a, a, a awesome moment for that family him and cam hayward uh uh, Ironhead obviously um, he passed away a while ago, and, and and getting to score your first NFL TD against your dad's old team, pretty cool. And Cam Hayward came out in the press conference, said he he was glad there wasn't a camera on him because he was pretty sobby, and he was wearing his dad's old Falcons jersey. That's cool. Yeah, uh, that was really cool. I mentioned
0: mine was Marcus Jones. Who's your, who's your start, the Rock?
1: Um, obviously everyone was going to be Desmond Ritter, and then he is starting, so we don't have to say that anymore. Uh, and they're on bye anyway. Uh, I'm going with Big Stinky. Trevor Penn. <laughs> yes. Yep. He's missed the first eleven weeks of the torn ligament in his foot. He's played sixteen offensive snaps the last two weeks as the jumbo tight end. The team is four <laughs> and nine. They took him nineteenth overall and there's certain James Hurst at left tackle, yep. who's a, a quality backup, but like let's go see what you got in Big Stinky. Yeah. The, yep. the man the man was getting kicked out of practice every day in the summer. Let's see
0: what he can do on the football field. Definitely. They definitely have to get Big Stinky involved. That put him like oh, you know how how sweet it would be for our content at Big Stinky, good or bad. Oh yeah, we need binks. We need them. We need them in our lives. Um, my my other one is just a gripe for me. Uh, Seattle's run defense is brutal, and they gave all the carries to the Rams. That is, to Cam Akers. It sucked. I want to see Kyron Williams, so I want to see Kyron Williams this week. I just I love Kyron Williams. It sucked to see Cam Akers out there doing it. Who's had a great i, I I've been so.
1: getting. I get a kick out of this. All like the fantasy. Uh, apps project Kyron Williams of 10 points every week and then the Rams like don't play them
0: yeah I start them I start them in, my, in one of my dynasty leagues so that's why I'm saying this that's, that's just really that's all
1: alright let's go watch Dylan Parham kick some uh, kick some Ram ass
0: look around you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars <laughs> okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on Auto Trader. just you wait Auto Trader.